to make a rich, smooth cold brew. Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. This is episode 11 of the Michiana People podcast. I can't believe we're already at episode 11. Talked to Nalani Stoles and Miles Robertson of the Bird Cell Project in this episode. And to describe the Bird Cell Project, I think the easiest thing for you to do is to listen to the podcast and you'll know all about it. Also, go to birdcellproject.org, and you will get an idea of what they've done in the past and maybe a hint of what they're doing in the future. They do have a new space that they're working in that should be ready to show to the public in August. It was just a fantastic talk, and those guys are really uh, making big impact in South Bend for the art community, the musician community, and the community in general. It's just a, a fantastic thing. I did want to take a minute to thank everybody who's listening to the podcast and who has allowed me to interview them for the podcast. Really about 60% of the people I've interviewed so far and uh, most of the ones that are coming up are people that don't even know who I am. And I came to them and said, will you please be on my podcast? And they all graciously said yes. And I think the most valuable thing you have is your time. And if you're willing to spend a half hour to 60 minutes with me talking about what you're doing, it's a great thing. And that's also the reason why I promote the podcast so heavily. I'm not trying to make any money at it. I just want to make sure that everybody I talk to gets heard. So if you do like the podcast, please tell your friends, share it, get it out there. I, I want as many people learning about the good things in the Michiana area as as we can get out. And once again, I appreciate your uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure to listen. If you listen, just listen to episode 11, make sure to go back and listen to the first 10 episodes. And there's a bonus episode in there too. I, I, they're all good episodes and everybody uh, has a good story to tell. I do want to talk about our sponsors. Uh, our first sponsor is uh, Lead Michiana. Uh, Lead Michiana has an event happening at the Century Center on May 20th. Uh, that runs from 8 to noon on the 20th. And the theme for this year's event is Greatness Isn't Born, It's Grown. I met Justin Moss at a luncheon, and I wanted to get him on the podcast, so we did a special episode. And I also want to make sure that uh, I talk about the Lead Michiana event as much as possible because I'm going to be there, and they've got some great speakers. In order to 
register for the Lead Michiana event, uh, go to leadmichiana.com. And when you check out, I've got a special coupon code for you. In the coupon code box, put the word LEADER, L-E-A-D-E-R, and you'll get 30 bucks off your ticket uh, for admission. Our next sponsor is Mapletronics. Mapletronics specializes in making the crap work and whether you're a home user and or a business user you just want the crap to work and mapletronics can do that go to mapletronics.com forward slash michiana people and there's a free gift for you it's actually a free subscription to antivirus you can uh, download that if you're currently running antivirus i suggest that you get rid of the one you're using and uh, use the one that we're giving away because it's the best one out there also we are uh, sponsored by vala marketing now I used to say it was MSW Marketing, but now it's Vala. Grant from MSW has partnered with a few other people in order to bring a bigger package to the table, I guess. They got uh, website development, uh, they design logos, they help you with your marketing strategy, and they help you with your social marketing strategy. So uh, check them out at valamarketing.com, and you'll be glad you did. Here's the next episode. Welcome to the Michiana People Podcast. My guests today are Nalani Stoles and Miles Robertson, co-founders of the Bird Cell Project in South Bend. Rather than tell you about the Bird Cell Project, I wanted to uh, read you their mission statement and let uh, Nalani and Miles tell me about it. The mission statement goes as follows. The Bird Cell Project seeks to revitalize underutilized spaces by opening them to artists in the community. The Bird Cell Project creates space for the artists and musicians to produce and share their work. The Bird Cell Project collaborates with community members and organizations to facilitate activity and engagement. The Bird Cell Project is an experiment in reuse, impermanence, and adaptability. Welcome to the show, Nalani and Miles. This is my first time interviewing two people at the same time, so we'll see how this goes. If uh, I don't know who wants to start, but if, uh, if you could kind of tell me... First of all, what the Bird Cell Project is, and then maybe we'll go backwards and, and figure out how you guys got the idea to start it. Um, we're an arts organization. Okay. So we put together in an event space. Okay. So we host artists and musicians, and we put on music shows. We put on a lot of art shows that focus on site-specific work. Mm-hmm. So we're interested in bringing artists into spaces that have a unique history and then letting them actually respond to that space. Okay. Um, and we collaborate with a lot of different groups in town, too. Okay. So we have people approach us with different ideas. We've put on classes and workshops mm-hmm. and collaborated with the university. Okay. So this all started with the, and I, I watched your video and explored your site, the, the Bird Cell Mansion, that it all started there. And it looks to me like you, you provide a space for the artist and, and they stay there and then they take that space and turn it into art. Does that sum it up? Um, so, yeah, the Bird Cell Mansion, um, built in 1898, mm-hmm. had sat vacant for quite some time. Okay. We got access to it. Um, no one actually lives there. So we okay. we have housed artists off-site and then okay. um, or, or, you know, artists that live in the community that, mm-hmm. that already have a place to stay um, have worked in there. Um, so we've done kind of two um, large-scale, or one large-scale site-specific set of art mm-hmm. installations. That was our first show there. And then we've done 
we've worked with um, other local arts organizations and artists on on some other art shows, and then um, as a ballroom. So we've we've done you know various events there: dance, mm-hmm. music, um, theater. Um, so kind of you know we we want artists to respond to a space. It's histories. It's many histories. So mm-hmm. it's materials or the decay because we we tend to work in these underutilized kind of abandoned right. spaces maybe the history of the era or the history mm-hmm. of the city or broader context or mm-hmm. you know it could be a long history right. so like geology or whatever it may be uh-huh. um so we kind of want to let the space kind of um, express itself so right. you know if 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 we're in the Birdsell Mansion and there's a ballroom, well, let's do something that fully realizes the potential of a ballroom. If uh-huh. we're here um, in the basement of the Commerce Center, which is a former power plant, well, you know, we had an industrial um, kind of post-rock uh-huh. band play down here. That's okay. kind of, you know, their music already lends itself well to these kind of industrial tones. Well, let's put that here. Uh-huh. And um, in just a couple days, um, we'll have a, musician and composer from Chicago coming in. He's doing uh, a soundscape audio installation. So he's taking samples of audio from the space. He's recording that and distorting it and doing improvisational percussion and using the material and sounds of the space to produce work. That's neat. So how many artists have you engaged with in this project so far? Do you have a ballpark? A ballpark? (laughs) I'm not going to hold you to it. I would say uh, with student groups, um, a hundred and f- over a hundred, definitely. Okay. Um, probably more on the scale of like one hundred and fifty. Um, and if you you know if you include musicians and actors and you know someone shot a video in the bird cell mansion, um, that gets us probably closer to three. Yeah. 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 Wow. So as far as visual arts go, which is kind of our main focus, probably in the hundred to hundred and fifty range, and then okay. more broadly speaking, just like people creating uh-huh. um, sound, people right. creating theater, people creating um, you know dance, uh-huh. um, more yeah, up, upwards of three hundred. When you talk about students, are you talking about high school, college age, or where are the students coming from? Um, majority college. Okay. Um, some graduate students, mostly undergrads, mm-hmm. um, a couple high school students who we've connected with their um, like art teachers mm-hmm. at a couple schools, and they've recommended their students contact us. So we've worked with them a couple times. Okay. Yeah, we've had a whole Notre Dame classes come and do okay. their final projects. So the professor brings them in, and uh-huh. they have work sessions, and they come into the space okay, and cool. create work. And we've done that three semesters in a row. Uh-huh. In a row so. Wow, that's great. Now, going backwards, what was the impetus of this idea? I mean, how it, you guys have come, it looked like you guys got started in 2014, and you've already made a pretty big hit. So how, how did it all start? Well, it started with a conversation between the two of us. Okay. Um, I had moved back to town recently, and mm-hmm. I studied art in college okay. and was interested in installation work. Whitman College okay. in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Miles had studied sustainability at IUSB. Okay. And so we were talking about 
sort of the vacant spaces in town, mm-hmm. the ways that they're used or not used. And Miles sort of threw out this idea of, well, could we put art into one, into one of these homes, uh-huh. um, vacant homes? And it's something I'd been thinking about a lot in college, right. but hadn't had an opportunity to get into a space like that. Uh-huh. Um, so right away we were like, yes, we kind of have the same vision. Okay. For so, so how do you make how do you make the vision uh, into uh, something? Uh, I mean, for us, it it all happened very quickly. I think it happened so quickly that it was probably eight months in before we really realized what was was going on. Uh-huh. Um, so we we were we were actually painting a mural that Nalani designed and was painting on the back of Purple Porch Co-op, which is where we both work. Uh-huh. And we started talking about art. And then we had dinner and we were talking about this project and we decided we tried to pursue it. Uh, and so the next day I ran into someone that I knew owned some property in South Bend and asked if he had a location that he wasn't going to use for the next six months. Cause that was kind mm-hmm. of the timeline that we felt like turnaround wise. Right. By the time we get a application out to artists, by the time we get those back and review them and give the artists enough time to work and then the public enough time to experience it, mm-hmm. you know, six months was kind of the, the the framework we were working within and he immediately said yes and we got the birdsell access to the birdsell mansion shortly after that uh-huh. so um yeah it happened far more uh far, far far more quickly than we had anticipated i think it on a scale that's larger than what we had kind of envisioned and it's just kind of kept growing since then mm-hmm. uh, which is which is cool so you you've got the space. So somebody somebody gives you access to a space. What comes next? At that point, then we were looking for artists in the area okay. who would be interested in doing this. So we put together an application where people could send in previous work and sort mm-hmm. of tell us what they were interested in doing in the space. Okay. And we sent that out to all the local universities and to people we knew who mm-hmm. might be interested. And that's kind of when it grew. We we got a really great response to it, and a lot more artists interested mm-hmm. than we expected. So already there, it started to grow in scale, okay. and we decided to use the whole build, the whole mansion mm-hmm. for that first show. And we had like twenty one artists or groups of artists mm-hmm. who we accepted and invited into the space. All right, I've seen pictures, all the pictures of that, and it's just. It's it's hard to explain unless you look at it. It's really cool, and there's a lot of different types of genres and art there. The, I mean, being in computers, I like the uh, the the whole wall of uh, computing equipment. I thought that was pretty cool. And but uh, the was it Carter and Nixon on the radiator? The, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that, that one stuck out to me. <laughs> yeah, Charles Yavremovich is a local artist, uh-huh. um, and he works in video currently, mostly in Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, and those are mostly like Cold War era electronics that uh-huh. he's picked up over the years. From he's from out east, so he's picked them up from MIT and Dartmouth yeah. and all these wild places. Uh-huh. And he's kind of this. That was technician. Two? Two. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, and it utilized um, projection as well. It was kind of an interactive piece. Uh-huh. Um, and, it, and it was right as you walk in the front door. Right. So it was like very striking uh-huh. for you know, a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, even the pictures uh, were pretty breathtaking for me. My uh, father-in-law uh, has passed away, but he used to be the, uh, the mainframe administrator for Bendix. So he used, to, he used to work with a wall of computers like that uh, back in the uh, 50s and 60s and 70s. So... <laughs> It's uh, it's it's kind of weird how this little device I'm using to record this is probably as powerful as the computers they were using back then. <laughs> so when you do this, obviously you got to raise some funds uh, to to get this going. How did that come about? Well, the, the first show we really there weren't many costs. Okay, um, we were getting the space for free and mm-hmm. the the owner was actually covering like electric and oh, okay. all of that. So, and the artists were all making work for free. Mm-hmm. So we okay. really had no initial costs other okay. than cleaning supplies. Right. And whatnot. Right. Um, Has it evolved to a point where there's some costs involved now? Yeah, it's definitely grown to a scale that's a little more difficult to, um, you know, fund on, on that kind of shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. We, and we still we still work this way, but we kind of take the funds that we raise from one event and just pour that into the next one. Mm-hmm. And the scale tends to grow. And then, you know, after six months of doing that, we kind of had enough that we could move forward with a right. residency and, and be able to pay artists for, uh-huh. um, you know, what what they were doing. Yeah. Have you seen the documentary on uh, Tower Records? No, oh, I haven't. Uh, it's called All Things Shall Pass, but. I'm I'm in the era where I knew about Tower Records and they did the same thing when they they were um, California based and then they hopped over to Japan and then they started uh, getting East Coast so they hit New York and then they just went all over and then Napster came along and uh, pretty much put them out of business but Japan is still um, they've got 35 stores in Japan and they still do really well so but they had to sell Japan in order to stay afloat for a few years but so it's uh, all Japan owned now but that's how they did it one store one store did well and then they'd hop over and do another store so that's how they got their art out um, tell tell me about some of the the artists that have been involved uh, with you guys that uh, I, I guess either either impressed you or touched you or some of the, some of the stories that, you, that come out of this? Well, I feel like we both want to talk about Jack. Probably. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know if I should fight you for it or not, but, uh, Jack O'Hearn, he is a artist. He's from out East Boston okay. area. Um, he teaches at Ivy tech and St. Mary's Currently, or he has an oh at Holy Cross. Okay. Um, he most of his work, at least currently, uh, deals with kind of memory and nostalgia, okay. and creating these kind of immersive environments that um, you know that are very fascinating. To just watch people interact with because there's that initial like so the piece that he had at the Birdsell Mansion was called the Office. Okay, and so he's playing off this idea that okay, so this was a home. Mm-hmm. For at one point, and much of its life, the building was used as office space mm-hmm. for lawyers, um, architecture firms, and so we created this kind of home office environment mm-hmm. in one of the rooms that was set in kind of the mid to late seventies. Okay, um, so people would walk by the room and 
just think it was an office, like it was the office of the person that owned the building mm-hmm. or, you know, that they weren't supposed to go in there. Uh-huh. Um, and then they'd go in and, and, you know, yeah, you can touch it. You can do whatever. So there's a record uh-huh. player and there's nuts and there's a, uh, an old projector and there's, you know, newspaper lining the ceiling from uh-huh. the area era. And there's a old TV that's playing period, like cartoons and okay. uh, sport like recaps. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so seeing people transition through these like various levels of, Oh, this is an art piece to, Oh, what, what is, what type of art is this? Or uh-huh. what is art broadening it out? To like, right. Okay. If this right. is art, well, what else is art? And kind of, getting people to think about that and then transitioning to, cause it is, it is it's a fun space to just be in. Mm-hmm. So the conversation oftentimes would transition into new ideas spawning. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you get immersed in the piece to the point where it inspires you to talk about creating things yourself uh-huh. um, is kind of, I feel like it's, it's, that's a purpose that it served right. for me. And I was telling Nilani a couple of days ago that, um, with so much of Jack's work revolving around nostalgia, I, it like, f- I now, f- that frames how I think about things. Like uh-huh. I smell something and be like, oh, like, God, that <laughs> takes me back to this era or t- like this time in my life yeah. or, um, you know, just, or like the feeling of, of the sun, uh-huh. uh, like in the wind yeah. blowing a certain way. It's like, oh yeah, that was like this summer when I was here, uh-huh. it felt that way, which I didn't think so. I wasn't so conscious of some of those feelings until I spent time kind of immersed in these Mm -hmm. these pieces that Jack produces. Yeah. Wait till you get my age. (laughs) Yeah. Happens about every 10 minutes. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) I thought maybe I'm just getting, I'm finally getting old, but uh, the fact that it, it shifted so rapidly. So it's like, you know, once in a while I'd smell something and be like, Oh yeah, that reminds me of this. But it's like daily that I'm just more like, conscious of of this is connected to this right. in my life right also and i and i can say i i haven't always been that way i think it takes a, a certain amount of self-awareness to to experience that and it's it's a cool experience sometimes it's kind of sad yeah because yeah. because you're remembering things that you're never going to get back but it's um it's an experience and if it if it creates an emotion then that's good mm-hmm. and uh that's kind of that's kind of why i did the podcast is because um first of all i'm an introvert that uh hates small talk and i got into the sales profession and, <laughs> and did that so i wanted to know how else i could push my boundaries uh and uh Living outside of my comfort zone is what makes me feel alive, so that's why I do that. So I guess maybe we could call this an art form. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I think that um, conversation as art yes. is something that I'm very interested in. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's, broadly speaking, something the Bird Cell Project does. Right. Um, so we, part of what we want to do is is help change people's perception of what is abandoned what it you know these spaces that we call abandoned are are like a blight Mm -hmm. like why are they that it's a it's it's really only abandoned because you've boarded up the windows and you're not letting anyone in right right and so throw an event bring people in people can start to view it in a different way and imagine the possibilities from the outside you look into a building that's you know falling apart Mm -hmm. um and and you see it as that falling apart 
object. Right. right. But you go in and you start doing something in there and it, it is a home. It has more life to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can start to kind of dream up ideas um, for ways to use it mm-hmm. where from the outside you, right. you don't, you don't think that way for, for whatever reason. It's, right. it's a, from the outside, it's, it's an other from mm-hmm. the inside, you're part of it. Right. I think right. is, is maybe some of the right. psychology of it. And that's got, that's got to create a lot of conversation with, with the, the people who look at that. That's, that's really neat. And the, the act of conversation is something that I'm trying to, uh, get my head around and also, um, uh, get other people to do because we're in a world now that kind of lives in sound bites instead of actually sitting down and looking at somebody and talking to them. And I think, uh, uh, when you talk about conversation as an art, I think, uh, I, I think you're right on, right on with that. That's, that's really neat. Um, so what, uh, you know, what, what does the future have in store for you guys? What's, uh, we're, we're sitting in a space now that's, uh, that's uh, part of the future. Uh, you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so we moved into this space just about a year ago. Okay. And we, this, was for, this was for our summer residency okay. that we actually moved into the space. Um, so last summer we hosted 11 artists mm-hmm. and those artists, a couple of, three of them were local and then they were also regional and mm-hmm. international artists okay. who came for two months to live and work in South Bend. Mm-hmm. And so they, they created work down here mm-hmm. in the remains of both the power plant and the health club that was here. Right. Um, and do you want to talk about the residency this summer then? Yeah, so we're in the midst of putting together another residency for this summer, and that'll also take place in this space. Um, So we put out a call for artists about Mm -hmm. two months ago, and right now we're in the process of going through the applications. I think the deadline was the 17th, wasn't it? It was the 10th. Oh, the 10th, okay. (laughs) So we're we're deep in it right now. Yeah, yeah. Kind of made our first kind of pass through all of them reviewing their answers and reviewing their work and their uh-huh. proposals for what they're interested in doing here and where they're interested in doing it. Um, and now the kind of more difficult portion of it has to happen. So like there's so many unique spaces here. Um, and so, and we want people to respond to space. So right. each of them has proposed something for a specific, specific location. Oh, okay. So it kind of goes beyond, well, is this work that we want? to bring here is this work mm-hmm. we want to show is this work we want to help facilitate but it's also tied to well we really like this work and we want to see it happen but that person wants the same location that this person right. wants and we really want to make that happen too so there's this kind of juggling act and you know luckily i mean we there's some flexibility and there's you know there's like a very raw area of it and mm-hmm. there's this a couple different areas that are kind of this a little uh, more finished. Le- left, yeah. yeah, a little more finished, but these kind of remains of a, of a health facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll probably continue that more tonight. Kind of, it's, I'm, I think of it a little bit of those little puzzles that are like uh, eight pieces, but there's nine spots. Uh-huh. And you just keep pushing one yeah. around to kind of <laughs> make the picture fit. Uh-huh. It becomes a little bit like that right. um, as we get closer and closer to deciding yeah. uh, who we'll be working with this summer. 
I used to have those as a kid. I didn't do very well with them. <laughs> no patience. So how many applicants did you get for this round? Got 34. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we'll have to narrow it down to 10 or 11 okay. artists to yeah. actually bring here. Yeah. Um, so you don't, they don't just show the art. They got to, they have to fit in the space that, that they're going to be working in. That's, that's neat. Yeah. And, and, and difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's as difficult as to juggle figuring what that looks like for us. It's probably more daunting when they finally get here and realize the scope of some of the spaces. Mm-hmm. It's hard to convey in photographs just how large the spaces are. Right. And sort of some of the difficulties yeah. that the spaces do present. Uh-huh. But I think we got we got really good feedback from the artists last mm-hmm. summer about right. sort of the way in which the spaces really yeah. f- like informed their work and right. pushed it to a new new place. I can't wait to see what this becomes. This yeah. Is, yes. Yeah. So the some of the one of the proposals for the space that you're sitting in right now would totally transform it in a way that I, I think you'd really like it if you if if we end up going that route and uh-huh. uh, come check it out and well it'll be open August August thirteenth. August thirteenth is the yeah. mm-hmm. opening reception. So we always have large reception for the show. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how we also fundraise is we sell tickets to those events. And right. then that allows us to do our next event. And mm-hmm. we have music and food and it's a chance for all the artists to also meet the community. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Now you told me uh, when we were talking uh, before the interview that you've, the, that the uh, community has really responded well to you and a lot of local businesses. Is there anybody you want to mention as far as local businesses that have been helpful? Uh, I mean, well, a couple individuals, I mean, Steve Mahalovich, um, okay. who gave, he owns the Birdsell Mansion and okay. gave us access to that. Mm-hmm. Um, David Matthews with Matthews LLC. Okay. He owns the Commerce Center, and that's where we're sitting right now in the basement of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Purple Porch Co-op, I would say, is a business that, I mean, being that we both work there and they mm-hmm. allow us to be very flexible with our schedules for, you know, Fridays and Saturdays are a big time for events uh-huh. um, and so oftentimes we'll have to take off and um, to tend to things and you know or just like letting an artist in here during the middle of the day you know mm-hmm. just, it's it's a block away luckily um, and the birdsell mansions five blocks away so it's it's easy right. enough to hop on a bike and go over there let someone in give them a little spiel and uh-huh. help them out and then you know pop back to work right um, do you have anyone in in mind or It's cool. I mean, there's definitely a lot there of a lot other of people, people to, to mention, too. Have donated their time yeah. and their yeah. houses. and <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and volunteers, you know, mm-hmm. from people that help sweep the floors, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. like earlier you asked about when we go into a place, like or like how do we start organizing this? What's the first thing you do? Mm-hmm. Really, the first thing is kind of like, well, let's walk through and imagine what could be here. And then the next step is really like, all right, let's move out all this junk. Yeah. Let's sweep <laughs> the floors. That's like, well, okay, we need a bunch of trash bags because there's half an inch of dust in right. these areas. Right. Um, and that's a lot of time is spent doing that, right, mm-hmm. by us or yeah. – uh, I mean, David Hurley is someone that's um, – he's a really interesting guy. You should actually interview him okay. at some point. Mm-hmm. He uh, has been very supportive from the very beginning – 
helping promote events, coming to events, working the door, mm-hmm. mopping, cleaning, talking to us. He's got a background in fundraising. So talking to us about strategies on, uh-huh. on that. Um, and just the broader, like kind of philosophy of like, why does one do this and what does this mean for a city? And, mm-hmm. um, why is supporting art important and what right. does like, what does the Birdsell project contribute to the broader context of the city? He's, He's a good guy to just sit back and like talk with about right. some of these bigger concepts that in the day to day running of something like mm-hmm. this, you may not, you know, get a chance right. to always think about. Right. That goes back to conversation. Yeah. 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 And I think that to me, that that is a lot of what this is. I mean, I, I think for a lot of like, I don't, I don't read hardly ever like a whole book or anything, uh-huh. right. Uh, and for a long time, I thought that that was, oh, I felt really bad about that, right? Like uh-huh. a lot of people I hang out with, like read a ton. They're just always reading. And, uh-huh. and now, I, I mean, but I have conversations with people every day for right. long amounts of time. Right. And there's a lot to be, that they're yeah. books too. We're like, we're each a book in some way. Right. Have, a book is right. a narrative and mm-hmm. we're each a walking mm-hmm. narrative. Um so luckily I've made the transition from feeling kind of bad about not reading to realizing that there's a lot of value in spending my time talking to people that, you know, I could spend yeah. reading, but if I, there are other valuable ways to spend it. Right. Right. That, that may change for you. Cause I, <laughs> I walked away from reading anything except for technical manuals for about 20 years and now I'm back to reading. So yeah. yeah. It, it, things change as you get older. It, it helps me go to sleep at night. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what um, do you, s- and we've also, um, Andrew Strong is yeah. oh, okay. an artist we've worked with. And mm-hmm. He he lives in California, but he's actually commutes back and forth and has helped us wow. run many of the projects. He was here all of last summer mm-hmm. running the residency with us, and he's been involved in the shows. Right. And he so he's done a lot of that labor too and right. organizing. So so, so how do you nice create? See. Yeah, how do you create a buzz that gets people from California and all over the place to w- want to come here? Um. Well, and I'm not saying couple. here's bad, but it's <laughs> it's small town compared to where some of these folks are coming from, right? I guess early on, he's someone I went to school with, mm-hmm. and there were a couple other people who participated in our first show, like someone from Philadelphia and someone from Cleveland and mm-hmm. Andrew from California, who I had known from art school, who then mm-hmm. came and participated in the show. Um, yeah, so, so early on, it was, it, I mean, there was a lot of word of mouth. I think a lot of what I do and I think what we do is like, here or elsewhere is it's, there's a grassroots mm-hmm. nature to it. Right. Um, and so, I mean, it goes back to conversations. It's just meeting, like you knew Andrew, you knew Allison. Mm-hmm. I knew some local artists or mm-hmm. like was familiar with their work or knew them personally that, um, you know, reaching out to those people early on. And then slowly you start to build this network that like, how did this person hear about us? How, why are they interested in right. this? And, um, and part of that is like, look, going approaching people with many different forms of media mm-hmm. um so it's uh, visual arts is our main focus but if a place is good for music well then let's do music and that draws people there for the music that mm-hmm. wouldn't otherwise be drawn for the visual arts but then they're seeing that work and they're realizing wow there's something really interesting going on here right and then they tell their friends and, and they come back and they bring people with them and it it just slowly builds a network that's kind of 
more diverse than just if we just did visual arts and、mm-hmm. just stuck with that. Right. You don't get that kind of cross pollination of varying interests that are all connected. Like there's a、mm-hmm. there's a similar thread that that binds them all together.、Um, so I think just kind of us being open to、uh, ideas、mm-hmm. and and uses of a space has been pretty important for helping it grow and really be a part of the community.、Um, So that's、right. that's kind of our approach, and、that's、I think、cool. we are we do have a resource here in the Midwest, but and in South Bend, you know these these empty spaces、mm-hmm. that I mean Andrew's from the Bay Area, like right he, he doesn't he couldn't have access、right. to the kind of space that he can have access to、uh-huh. here. So I think that is a huge draw、right. for a lot of the artists that、uh-huh. come and move here. Oh yeah. From these spaces that are maybe more popular to live in,、uh-huh. um, yeah, that's that. That makes a lot of sense. So you guys pretty much work two full time jobs.、Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you guys do to unwind? There's、uh, there's got to be a, a way to let out some of that、uh, built up energy、uh, <laughs> if there's any left. Well, I think that we. I mean, we stay pretty busy with these things, and、uh-huh. I mean. I and we both enjoy doing it, and so there's there's less of that necessity to wind up. I mean, and there's there's so many broad things to do. So、uh-huh. like after this, I'm gonna call this musician that we're working with in Chicago and、uh-huh. solidify some of the details on where he'll be performing and where we'll need to light and how we'll need to light it and、right. chairs and things like that. And then after that, I'll go and do some social media promotion.、Uh-huh. I think. And Nalani was cleaning down here earlier. So there's, you know, it's like one one hour you're janitor, the next hour you're the marketer, the next、yeah. hour you're the doorman,、mm-hmm. the next hour you're the、uh, the executive administrator、uh-huh. or whatever. So、right. there's a lot of different hats to to put on,、mm-hmm. and so I think that keeps it fresh,、uh, at least for me. Uh, but I would say to wind down,、uh, we've been watching some、uh, curb your enthusiasm. Okay, that's what, <laughs> I, I've got. I've got to get into that. I was a huge Seinfeld fan. Yeah. And,、uh, I hear this is kind of an extension of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's get, get our Larry David fix、right. on.、Um, I mean, just go out to dinner and.、Um, Which usually, I mean, we're usually talking about things like this,、mm-hmm. and we're we've got other plans for possibly as early as next summer.、Um, and I think we're always kind of scheming, scheming something uh-huh. up. Uh, we've been, I've been doing more house shows. So、okay. there used to be a great venue in South Bend called the Pool,、mm-hmm. um, Central High Apartments, which is actually across the street from the Birdsell Mansion. There's an old pool that was an apartment, and、uh-huh. people lived there. But they, you could sit in the shallow end, or you could sit in the deep end, and a band would perform.、Uh-huh. It was this great venue that was essentially a house show. It just、yeah. happened to be a, it happened to be a really wild <laughs> house. <laughs> yeah.、Right? Um, and that's since、uh, about maybe a year ago, it, it kind of closed up doors,、um, mm-hmm. and.、Um, I liked that feeling. I、mm-hmm. liked that setting, and、yeah. I bought a house about a year and a half ago. So, we've done three house shows there. I think、uh-huh. in the past like five months, and I'd kind of like to get to the point where we're doing one a month.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's a good excuse to clean the house. Oh yeah. Um, people come and it fills our fridge with beer uh-huh. and wine and, uh, you know, you get to experience a really intimate performance right. by yeah. some really talented musicians that again, South Bend's a great location between yeah. Chicago, Detroit, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. Indianapolis, Cleveland, Columbus, that they need a place to play that's in this right. area. Yeah. Well, let's make, let's make that work. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, you know, it's a small enough scale that we can kind of, uh, kind of cultivate or like decide which, um, who do we want in the room mm-hmm. at this time? The kind right. of like idea of a salon a little bit and, mm-hmm. um, you know, what ideas might spawn from this group of people that right. are here at one time. Right. That's cool. Well, guys, any parting thoughts before we uh, move on? Um, I think I've talked plenty. <laughs> Do my, you have anything in the audience? My <laughs> biggest weakness is I just end these things. Oh. So <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm trying to be better about it. I think. I think my biggest. Well, I. It's like a weakness and a strength is when I get going, I just keep going. Right? Uh-huh. I'm excited about this. Right. And, uh, I can see the excitement. I just keep, I'm, I'm, just keep yammering yeah. on. I could, I could yammer on all night yeah. about things like this. I think it's, I, I really love things like when, when someone wants to chat with me about uh-huh. this, because a lot of, um, it, it's an excuse for me to think on the fly about uh-huh. really why we do this and what right. we're doing. Um, that if you hadn't asked me that question the way you asked me, that I wouldn't have kind of gone down that path right. necessarily. Right. So it's a good way. Like this is forcing me to reflect a little bit on yeah. like what we what we're doing. Right. It's so selfish for me because I, I sit and talk to you young people, and I'm like a vampire. I just feed off your energy, and then I, <laughs> I walk away, and my hair is a little bit less gray, and there's a little bit more pep in my step, and it's it's this is so fun for me because you know I just wouldn't I wouldn't have even known about you guys if uh, if I hadn't started doing this. So that's uh, that's that's what's really cool about it. And uh, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. I can't wait to see what happens with this space. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely keep you abreast to kind of what's okay. going on. And um, you'll have to uh, maybe we can do another one of these in a different site at a different location. Oh, or, yeah. You know, definitely. about a different project that we're right. that right. we're working on. No, we could maybe have some of the artists sit in and yeah. uh, talk about their work. Yeah. Yeah, that's always We've put together a couple of vid- or we've had a local videographer right. put together videos, and it's always nice to hear him interview the artists mm-hmm. and sort of hear what they have to say right. and what they like, what their reflection, mm-hmm. their experience yeah. are. And folks, make sure to check out the links uh, that I post with this so you can see what they've done. Um, there, there'll be the videos and a uh, link to the website. Um, it's really neat stuff. Okay, Nalani and Miles, thank you for talking to me on the Michiana People podcast. And this episode, I think, will be popular. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. 
Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.